Hello, everybody. This is John Yeager with Bennett Thrasher. We have another episode of Thank Business today. I'm very excited to have uh, two colleagues on the on the call today, um, Corey Bennett and Adam Clayton. Uh, welcome. And uh, Corey, why don't I get you to say hello again? You've been on a couple of these, but maybe a refresher of uh, your background and your role in the in the QSR space, which is what we're going to talk about, some of the staffing challenges facing the restaurants. So. Yeah, no. Absolutely. Thanks, John. Good seeing everybody again on uh, these Think Businesses. Uh, but yeah, my name is Corey Bennett. I'm an audit partner here at Bennett Thrasher. Uh, I actually uh, co-lead our restaurant hospitality practice. And so we're, we're very concentrated uh, in this industry. It's one of our, our biggest niche segments uh, that we have at the firm and, and one that we've, uh, we've really grown over the, the past several years. Uh, we do everything from QSRs to uh, fine dining, um, but QSRs is a is a little bit of a kind of a hot spot for us, just given uh, you know where we are in the southeast and and, and our relationship uh, with ProLiant and some others that we have is definitely something that's uh, that's done very well for us. So uh, we do everything from uh, auditing uh, to uh, tax compliance. Uh, we've got accredited incentives practice. Uh, we do QAB work, which has obviously been something that uh, we do a lot of, especially in this environment. So. Uh, uh, that is actually a, a kind of a subset of what I do. My, most of my work is on the audit side, but I do a lot of the quality earnings projects uh, related to our restaurant segment as well. So uh, just a little bit about myself, but uh, I'll hand it back to you, John. Thank you. Um, and Adam, uh, welcome to the show. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, John. Um, so yeah, uh, my name is Adam Clayton, uh, Chief Financial Officer of ProLiant. We're a human capital management company based in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, heavy presence in the Southeast, but we are a nationwide company, uh, about 300 employees in total, uh, with a heavy concentration in the QSR space. Um, we do, again, we kind of do fast casual, fine dining concepts as well. Uh, just kind of grew up bread and butter in the kind of in QSR world. So uh, we do everything from technology outsourcing with onboarding, compliance, uh, ACA, Payrolls, kind of uh, one of the core competencies as well, in addition to benefit administration, time and labor, and other systems. But uh, thanks for having me on the show today, John. Yeah, absolutely. Well, today's um, episode um, is a follow-up to a, to a campaign or to a series of, of talks we did previously where we talked about the QSR space and we talked about integrations with, with accounting systems and, and other data sources and issues around that. And, and this starts off a, a kind of a discussion around bringing in the, the payroll side and the whole employee benefit side, which is a, obviously a big uh, area of focus and interest and need uh, for the restaurant industry uh, uh, during these times. So, you know, this, this is a discussion around the staffing challenges that are facing the restaurants. And so um, both of you have so much uh, connection with the industry and you're out there talking to clients on a daily basis. Um, Adam, what are you hearing overall from clients about the staffing challenges? Uh, they're not going away is one. Uh, <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, just with, you know, there were issues on a pre-pandemic basis, obviously, in terms of just new functionality. They were, they were just trying to do more with less, to be honest with you. I mean, the, the pool keeps getting sm smaller, but the demand keeps getting larger. Um, so, you know, when we're looking at a post-pandemic basis as of right now, I think QSR out of the whole restaurant industry is probably down the least out of all of them. I think fine dining and really kind of the tipped bar restaurants are, are still hurting pretty bad. QSR is kind of ramped up quicker than them, um, but still not back to, to levels seen pre-pandemic. So um, I, so what, what we have seen a lot is, is 
that has caused really a, a push of burden of just administrative tasks to the manager level. So when you think about restaurants, you typically think about crew people, you think about swing managers, but when in actuality, it's the GMs and the people beneath the GMs that are getting burnt out with it, just a ton of administrative tasks that are getting pushed down to them. And a lot of it's just due to just ramping up hiring efforts. And a lot of it's to terminate or just ongoing turnover of employees. So um, when you think about QSR that, you know, multi-store operators, it's employees being shared amongst multiple locations. So you have overtime tracking issues, ACA eligibility tracking issues. Um, in addition, just general wage and hour compliance issues associated with it. Oh, excellent. Well, that, that, that kind of sums it up pretty well. Um, Corey, um, how about you? What are you, what are you hearing from your clients? Yeah, I echo a lot of the same things that, that Adam mentioned. Um, it, it's funny um, how quickly uh, kind of priorities changed in our industry. If you look at the beginning of this year, the, you know, the, the number one focus clearly was on, you know, health and safety of, you know, uh, customers and employees. And then come April, when really everything opened up at once, there, there was such a demand for labor that it quickly shift to recruitment and retention of those employees. And so that's kind of where things stand right now. And uh, I, I was actually coming back from Asheville uh, yesterday, and I can't tell you how many uh, fast food restaurants I drove by that had, you know, we're hiring on the sign. And, and a lot of them were work today, get paid tomorrow. I mean, you know, they're coming up with very creative ways uh, to re uh, retain and attract uh, employees, just given the, the labor shortage that, we, that we're currently in. And I think one of the biggest uh, question marks uh, that we're going to see is, you know, right now, I think a lot of this, uh, depending on who you talk to, is based off of some of the unemployment benefits that are currently out there. And, uh, you know, those, those are set to expire uh, come September. And what does that mean as it relates to uh, the labor force and the, the demand and the ability to be able to do that? And so um, I think a lot of clients are anticipating maybe a little bit of improvement after that. Um, but at the same time, you're going to start competing with the holiday season and the ramp up of you know various things, and so that's going to put additional uh, pressure, if you will, on the labor force. And so uh, you know, I, I think that that's that's definitely something that we're going to see. Um, uh, wages, obviously, is something that's always been a hot topic. Adam, I'm sure can uh, relate to this a little bit, but you know that minimum wage rate continues to get a lot of uh, uh, scrutiny uh, in this industry. And you know, um, you know, obviously, uh, folks are being creative with wages right now to attract, and I think we're going to talk about that a little bit later today. Uh, so I, I think it's uh, it's tough, especially not only labor, but you've got commodity uh, inflation, you've got supply chain issues, you've got service issues, you've got all kinds of things that are that are happening that are impacting the bottom line. And I, I just don't know if you can push that all to the customer. I'm not sure the customer is willing to pay for you know all of those increases. And so it's it's definitely changing um, how operators are running their business, and you know um, they're uh, to some extent they're limiting the you know the hours of operation, they're limiting the menus, or trying to make things more efficient. Um, and to some extent, um, and I'd love to get Adam to comment on this, but uh, you know the, from a bottom line perspective, um, they're doing okay. I mean they're able to to really uh, focus on those uh, peak hours and peak times and. Uh, scale down and uh, you know, maybe revenues are down a little bit, but uh, what we're seeing is, you know, EBITDA uh, tends to be fairly strong right now. And uh, obviously there's still a lot of uncertainties, but uh, Adam would love to get your comment on that. If you're, you're seeing something a little bit different. No, I mean, that, that's, I mean, kind of spot on there. Um, you know, like I said, like I said earlier, it's kind of doing more with less, right? So it's, it's kind of like how a lot of businesses in the QSL realm and outside of it operated during the pandemic, which was, 
yeah, everyone's in a growth model and then you just, hey, I got to survive. And so I'm in a survival mode for the next six to eight months. And when you come out of that, you're running pretty lean. You've gotten every, you've kind of re-strategized in terms of what your really your priorities are and how you gain the most efficiencies. And a lot of people learned a lot during that time. So it was very hard and very gut-wrenching for a lot of people, but you also is kind of, hey, we figured out how to do more with less people just showing up to work, right? So I think that was pretty neat. Um, and it, I think a lot of those trends are still in, continuing on. I think from a macro perspective, you're still seeing an economic growth in, in this country. And I think that's another competing demand, right? So, you know, population growth is probably not outstripping growth and just economically. So again, that's kind of leading to labor shortages, but um, I've seen a lot of creative solutions just trying to get people back to work. I know you mentioned, you know, work today, get paid today. Um, and that's, you know, we've seen that trend a lot in the QSR realm. I wouldn't say it's mainstay right now. It's still kind of an emerging trend. Um, but you do see a lot of kind of uh, torchbearers start to emerge in those QSR brands. I know we've seen one at McDonald's and Wendy's and other ones. Some of those larger ones have come out with those sort of uh, policies. And, and now it's starting to trickle down to the smaller franchisees as well. Um, one of the other things that we're seeing on kind of the creative solutions is, uh, it's probably, really not even creative, but it's just the PTO policies are now starting to trickle down its way to the QSR world too. And, you know, a lot of it's due like state mandatory policies, right, in the Northeast and out West, those of, you know, from a compliance concern. But now you've seen this is just, you know, with the, with the introduction of the FFCRA during the pandemic, where it said they had a federal PTO policy, I think people got used to that. So now employers are really trying to really think through, okay, like how does a PTO program work and, and kind of how does it, because it's, it's really easy to administer from a policy perspective. The, the difficulty actually is all tech related in terms of, where do the hours come in? Like, how do the how are the requests made? Are they made on a mobile device? Are they coming into a form? Because if you're going to implement a policy, it's got to be easy to implement. So it's really thinking through tech architecture. And so there's a we're in a lot of conversations with clients and prospects and really just vendors in terms of how do the tech data flows work within the organization? Is really to administer some of these sort of solutions to get people back to work, right? So it, like I said, it's easy from a solution. It's hard to put in practice a lot of times. So are you guys spending a lot of time uh, on the technology side, kind of implementing both the kind of pay-as-you-go, I'll call it, uh, as well as the tracking of hours to, to, for the new PTO policies? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So on the, on the pay-as-you-go, we, we have our own module. We work with vendors with other point solutions as well. Um, I, I think that's kind of here to stay, and that's not even just due from a QSR perspective. It's getting big in staffing vertical. So it's not even just this one industry that's really utilizing. It is becoming pretty ubiquitous out there. Um, we sure hope the IRS opines on some of the some of the more finer points on that legislation or really kind of how the tax ramifications work, but that's still wait and see. But um, but yeah, so we have our own module. We see a high take rate on it right now. Um, and it's funny, it's it's not even the crew people who you think would be taking it. A lot of it's at the manager level. And I think that's the most astonishing fact that we've seen in that, you know, it may not be, you know, I think crew people and a lot of people at those wage levels learn to live with what they have. And then, it, you know, it's not how much you take home. It's, you know, inbound plus outbound in terms of how much your <laughs> take home is going to be. So um, anyway, so yeah, we, on the way, earned wage access, we've seen a high uptake there. PTO policies, again, I think that's I think that's becoming more of a norm for the industry, but it's just how do you make it work with the point of sale system that's disconnected from an HR system that's disconnected from another compliance metric that you're using for time and labor for scheduling. So 
when you have these disconnected point solutions, it, it start like that's where the issues come in. It's not on the actual policies itself. Absolutely. Yeah. So Corey, what's, um, you know, we talk about some of these creative solutions and you guys have talked a little bit about what do you, what do you see as the long-term outlook here? What, what do you see in your clients doing to, to try to remain competitive even post, you know, post pandemic? Uh, we've talked a little bit about that, but uh, are you starting to see that? And, and you mentioned the other thing I'll ask you to comment as you mentioned the minimum wage, are you starting to see more and more of your clients adopting, you know, kind of this federal minimum wage that's been, been discussed and, and how that's a, how's that applying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, John. Uh, you know, I think increasing wages is is a hot topic, and you know, I think that, that we're seeing a lot of companies come out with uh, with matching the federal limits, with actually even going above that. Um, you know, I think that that's kind of a little bit of the trend that's going to put a lot of the pressure on the operators, um, as we kind of talked about before. Um, not only is you know when you increase that wage limit, but also you think about that if you have a increase overall benefit, then then you got to tack on overtime on top of that. I mean, you're continuously adding on, uh, you know, as far as, you know, what you're, what you're paying and maybe there needs to be a little bit of a, a kind of a set off to some extent, but, uh, but that is definitely some, some tactics that a lot of uh, firms are using is we'll pay you more. And that's what we're seeing right now in, in such a tight market. Like we find ourselves, like I said, I think the long-term outlook, or at least hopefully it's the short term is that, you know, it does open up a little bit more and it becomes a little bit more relaxed towards, Maybe the end of the year, but I do think the holiday pressure is going to put some um, some demand on on kind of uh, the ability to hire. So it may go into 2022, and I, that's what I'm, I'm reading for most of my publications. But uh, we're we're seeing a lot of employees get promoted earlier now. I think that's a way to keep people is to kind of move them up a, a particular wage class. And so um, I think it was maybe uh, Whataburger uh, John that uh, decided to go ahead and. And promote a lot of their assistant managers to managers and kind of give them a, a kind of a base, uh, you know, kind of cap, which is a good way to way to keep people. Um, you know, I, I've seen some franchisors and large systems step in and help out with some of the you know uh, wage issues that are going on. You know, from everywhere from a reduced royalty rate during this time, so that more money could be passed on to employees to other incentives being offered at that level to kind of help out. Uh, one of the most creative I saw, I think it was a large McDonald's franchisee, um, it actually offered iPhones to new, new, uh, new employees, which I thought that was kind of creative. And uh, I think there was a six-month retention. So I think it's after six months, then uh, they provide you with a, a, an Apple iPhone. So they're, they're getting very creative right now. And, you know, I, I, but to Adam's point, I, I think they're kind of looking at their existing structure and figuring out what's needed. What maybe did we have before that wasn't as profitable? And so it's a great time to really look at your PL and kind of figure it out from here. It's a good, you know, it's a good time to reset and kind of, you know, kind of think about your business and, and where you see things. And uh, you know, for those good operators, we're seeing this as a, as an overall benefit. But uh, to add a point, there's a lot of changes and you know, it's a very fluid market. And you know, technology is an area where uh, a lot of this could be done, right? I mean, there's a lot of automation, there's a lot of things that can help uh, implement some of these changes and you know, making sure you have the right back office structure to support this, I think is very important uh, kind of going forward. So uh, definitely a dynamic environment. Uh, hopefully, you know, the next few months, it'll start to calm down a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, we're, we're seeing it across the board. So I, I'm, I'm going to kind of give you the last word here as we kind of wrap up uh, the episode. Um, so uh, are you starting to build technology to capture the uh, giveaway of the iPhone? <laughs> well, now I am. 
Um, I had not heard that. That is a that is a great uh, it's a great model. It's an outside the box, right? Um, I think it's a great one. I mean, I think the other one here, yeah, the only one I've seen, John, that I think we just for two seconds is the outsourced labor solutions, which is taking that Uber gig economy sort of model. And I've seen some providers out there and some, like I said, up in, there's up in Chicago, there's one, there's another one down in Miami that's trying the same thing, which is trying to go to employees that have worked at QSR concepts and almost create this pool of applicants then to employers can then almost like get these people on as contractors on a, on a gig basis. So if they have a peak demand uh, on a Saturday night, they can go and, and say, hey, I'll, I'll go offer someone this job for instead of $15, $16 an hour, maybe $20 an hour for a three hour shift. And then people can kind of pick them up based on, you know, if they meet the qualifications. But um, that's the most interesting one that I've seen out there. Like I said, people, there's a couple of different providers start trying to start to pull this off, but um, something definitely to watch out for. That's, that's really interesting. You know, it's uh, the Uberization of things continues, I guess. Yeah, it does. <laughs> that's right. Corey, are we going to Uberize uh, the accounting industry? We're working on it. We, we still have a ways to go, John, but uh, we'll, 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 we'll try to get out of the uh, abacus world and the pen and paper at some point. <laughs> we're, we're doing what we can. We need ProLiant to develop us some technology. I think that would help. But, uh, it's uh, all, all good things. Awesome. Well, guys, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talk about this. Uh, I know there's a lot more we could talk about. And, and to that end, I'm sure that our, our viewers may want to get in touch with you. So, Corey, why don't you, uh, you know, give the audience a, a way to get in touch with you if they want to talk more about uh, what we talked about today? Sure. Absolutely. Thanks, John. Uh, yeah. But once again, my name's Corey Bennett. Uh, I'm an audit partner, but I do lead or co-lead our hospitality practice. So any needs in that regard, feel free to reach out to me. And you can reach me at uh, corey.bennett at btcpa.net uh, or 678-302-1485. Awesome. And Adam. Yeah. And again, Adam Clayton with ProLiant, uh, Chief Financial Officer. You can reach me at uh, aclayton at ProLiant.com. That's P-R-O-L-I-A-N-T. Or uh, my office line seven seven zero three nine five one six seven one, and feel free to answer any questions or just talk about what we talked about today. Fantastic. Well, I uh, again, I really enjoyed the conversation. As always, very interesting. Um, and this wraps up another episode of Think Business. Again, I'm John Yeager. You can reach me at John Yeager at btcpa.t sorry btcpa.net, uh, or you can find me on social media at John Yeager. Uh, so hope everybody has a great day and uh, until next time everybody take care bye-bye